Gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, welcome to our guest segment. We're super excited to have him back. It's been a few months. His name is Alan Collins, and his website is studentloanjustice.org. Alan, good to have you back with us, sir. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here with you tonight, Jim. Hey, I wanted to ask you, you live in the Washington, D.C. area, isn't that right? I did live in Washington. I got sort of tired of living in that place. (laughs) Frankly, I I now live in northern Wisconsin. I relocated to Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Okay, the great white north, eh? All right, good for you. That's right. Uh, I saw your area code of 202, and I thought I was just going to ask you about, like, all of the fencing in of that. Uh, This just looks insane from what I'm seeing on TV. I'm almost curious enough to, like— You know, I wouldn't— I'm glad I left when I did. I wouldn't have wanted to be there with all the mayhem. Somebody posted that that it was would, bad, anyways. But uh, yeah, that could be like somebody posted that could be the new national zoo now that they have all those politicians fenced in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just don't feed them or they become aggressive. Uh, so uh, yeah, do not feed the beasts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, so there's so much to talk about with student loans these days. Um, I've got so many questions. Let me just start with the first question, which is, can a president, can Joe Biden, with a stroke of a pen, if he wanted to, can he wipe out student loans? Because we've heard that he was going to do this. And then in a recent town hall, he seems to have done like a 180 and, and is like, no, man, I'm not going to do that. And uh, other people are saying he legally could do it. But then I think they're using sort of as an out that he's saying he can't do it legally by executive order. He's done like 50 something executive orders. So for a man that's like not restrained about executive orders, he's being really restrained about this particular executive order. You know, that's a great question, Jim. I'm really glad that you asked. And the the answer clearly, and I've looked at the law very carefully. I've consulted with experts from Yale University and many other places the president does indeed, actually the secretary of education, and so by extension the president, has all the executive authority needed to cancel all federally owned student loans with nothing more than a stroke of his pen. Wow. So that power exists. And there's a very important distinction here, Jim. What what What's happening with Joe Biden, quite frankly, is... You know, before the election, he was saying, yeah, you know, if you earn less than $125,000 a year, I'm going to eliminate your student loan debt. He was making just all these crazy promises. So then after the election, he, they, they walked that back. And, and now all of a sudden, Joe Biden saying, oh, well, I'm not sure that I have that executive authority because quite frankly, uh, Jim, the, I call it the student loan swamp. The last thing they want to do is to lose their loan portfolio. You know, the the Department of Education makes $50 billion a year in profit wow. on this lending system, some of which is being used to fund programs like Obamacare and other things. Uh, but they absolutely, you know, when you cancel the loans by executive order, nobody in Washington, D.C. makes any money. Uh, that's unfortunately just the sad reality. You know, the tax, no money needs to be drawn from treasury. You know, the taxpayers paid for these loans many years ago. They shouldn't need to pay twice or actually far more than twice because of the appreciation of the loans. So when you cancel these loans by executive order, uh, no money's taken from the treasury. Nothing's added to the national debt, in fact. And Washington, D.C. hates that. <laughs> That's the last thing that they want. Let me ask you. So let, let, seeing- OK, go ahead. Go ahead. I've got. Well, let me throw this this follow up in there. What about 
if we can't get the loans canceled, what about are there any alternatives that you've thought about? Like, for example, I thought about I was thinking about this this week and I said, what if we just went back to you only owe the principal balance that you originally started with? That would be forgiving a lot. And if you just said, look, from now on, it's zero interest and and everybody's loan is reset to what you actually originally owed. Forget about time value of money and interest charges. You just owe what you originally borrowed. I mean, is is that a possibility? Um, that actually probably would be possible in most cases. You know, in some cases, the original loan documents are sometimes 40, even 50 years old and are lost. Literally, the Department of Education just don't have those records anymore. So it, it becomes impossible to show how much of a loan certainly is interest. That's almost impossible to tell for most loans. Um, original principle, it's probably on a case by case basis. So that, I mean, it sounds good. It sounds reasonable, but it turns out to be pretty much impossible to legislate. Hmm. So, I mean, to, to me, Jim, and, you know, I've been coming on your show for years now. For 16 years, we've been fighting what I thought was quite moderately for simply the return of bankruptcy protections to student loans. You know, nobody wants to file for bankruptcy. It's a terrible thing to have to do, but, you know, the founding fathers felt so strongly that, uh, you know, they wanted to prevent the entire country from being conquered and enslaved by debt. And those are John Adams' words, not mine. Uh, the founders called for uniform bankruptcy laws in the Constitution ahead of the power to declare war, ahead of the power to raise an army, uh, even ahead of the power to create currency. And, and so, this is what has been taken away from student loans. And so, for some of your listeners out there who may not know, Student loans are are really um, terrible, very vicious loan instruments. And the reason um, why every I, loan in this country, the reason why yeah. you have been an advocate for the bankruptcy option is not because you want a bunch of people to go bankrupt. I want to make sure that people get that. What what would then right. happen is that the loans would be made on a little bit more of a sane basis instead of like a kid right out of high school going off to get a, like a master's degree in puppetry and getting $200,000 in loans. Someone somewhere in a, in a you know, in, in a banking office might say, well, uh, this kid's not going to ever be able to pay this back. We can't do this because they might end up in bankruptcy. And then the loan is is not paid back. So it would put some sort of like uh, at least some very mild, but some minimal kind of financial, you know, guardrails up there. So these loans at least are looked at in terms of the possibility of a loss. That's exactly right. Uh, You know, when you take bankruptcy protections, and it's never been done before, but uh, except for student loans, when you take bankruptcy protections away from a lending instrument, you give the lending side a license to steal. And, And truly, that's what's happening the Department of Education is shoving a hundred billion dollars a year out to the colleges who are, I think most people would agree, are, have probably more money than they need. And the quality of their education is getting worse and worse year over year. Um, but you know, uh, it, it, it turns out, Jim, that there are more people over the age of 50 with student loans than there are under the age of 25 today as we speak. And they owe three times as much. And that is because bankruptcy protections have been taken away. And and it turns out that defaulted loans are more profitable for the industry than uh, loans that remain in good stead because of the penalties and the fees. When you take bankruptcy away and also statutes of limitations are uniquely gone from student loans, you really weaponized the lending system, and that uh, that is exactly what's happened. So, yeah, I mean, we fought very moderately for the return of bankruptcy protections to ensure some good faith in the lending system. But, Jim, oh, gosh, you know, I the last time I was on your show, I think it may have been before the pandemic, um, and I talked to a guy named Wayne Johnson, who's the Trump appointee who ran the federal lending system under Betsy DeVos. And he told me that 80% of all borrowers were never going to be able to repay their loans, <laughs> even before the pandemic. 80%. You know, 65%. Yeah. yeah. 80%, four out of five. So we are we were looking at a default rate for this lending system of 75, 80%. And what is there, like two, tri- two trillion or something? Is that the number right now? 
It's about one, well, the official figure is $1.7 trillion, but there's a lot that's not counted in that figure. Honestly, we're well over $2 trillion if you count some of the private you know, home equity loans, other loans that people take out for their kids to go to college that don't get reported that way. Yeah, we're well over $2 trillion, and it's gotten to the point where people are fleeing the country, people are committing suicide. Uh, and as I said, you know, the default rate of even – conservatively 80%, that's four times higher than the subprime home mortgage default rate. And, you know, it's hurting old people. People, senior citizens are getting their Social Security checks garnished. And it's important um, that we tell people why people. why it's hurting seniors, because part of it is, you know, you could go back to college when you're in your 50s or 60s and people do that. But it's also becoming more and more common that the young person, maybe a grandchild, comes to their grandparent for a co-signer and and then there's a co-signing and then that grandparent becomes equally responsible for that debt to the extent that they could even take away a portion of their social security income to repay that debt. Isn't that right? Yeah, there's a new class of loans called parent plus loans and they are just as vicious as all other federal student loans only the parents get to take them out and they can borrow up to the cost of tuition, which is theoretically an unlimited amount. Hmm. And so that's the quickest growing class of student loans. And I'm telling you, Jim, they are just so dangerous. They are ripping families apart. And I don't know if that was part of the plan or not, but that certainly is uh, it is what's happening. And, you know, I looked at some numbers over the weekend and um, this is this is unbroken news, by the way. I'm going to be uh, publishing this tomorrow. Okay. But it turns out that 18 states, you heard it here first, 18 states in the country, uh, the people in those states owe more in student loans than the entire state budget, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Um, but more than that, Jim, and I don't want to get too political here, but... I looked at th those 18 states, and it turns out that 16 of those 18 states are states that, that they are red states. They're southern states. They're, um, they're states that went for Trump in 2016, 16 out of 18. So this is hurting uh, conservative states far more than, uh, than is typical. Uh, it's hurting older people. Um, you know, a lot of people... <laughs> A lot of conservatives, I've noticed, they think of student loans and they think Antifa and, you know, anarchists and the protesters we see on TV. Those are the kids with student loans. Yeah, or, don't, or they don't think or, their, or their you know, loans. you have this these kind of strident conservatives, which are like, you borrowed money, you're going to pay that money back. You know, it's and there's no mercy. Right. You know, you know, I worked hard for my, you know, uh, through my upbringing. I never went to college. You went to college. So you need to pay that money back by the sweat of your bra. If you've got to take 18 jobs to do it. So there's sort of that lack of mercy. I'll, I'll concede that on the part of of conservatives of, of which I am one. But I, I will admit that. Sure. Um, let me ask you, I know we're speculating, but I these questions are questions everybody has so assuming tomorrow morning biden wakes up and doesn't say to his wife where the heck am i which is what he i guess he says he says now when he wakes up in the morning i won't use the the, the actual phrase because we're on christian radio but uh where the heck am i so he wakes up and he says hey i know where i'm at this morning i'm at the white house i'm the president and he puts on his suit and goes down and signs that executive order to wipe out student loan debt, who does that help? And, you know, just give me like a scenario. Does everyone who's ever had and currently has a balance, does everyone get forgiven of all money? Uh, if you had, let's say, nothing owed, but then you went back and got a master's and now you owe for your master's or your PhD or your second PhD. Um, who would get this forgiveness? Would it be means tested? Would it just be for everybody? Uh, how, how would that work? Right. Well, you know, everything's in the in the policy blender right now. So nobody knows um, what the what's going to happen with this. But taking your premise, if Joe Biden was to wake up today and say, all right, cancel all loans, 
all federally owned student loans would go to zero and they would be zeroed out. So that's about 85% of all student loan debt. There's also these older style student loans that are not owned by the federal government. Uh, and then there's another couple hundred billion in pri- wholly private student loans, which could not be canceled by the president. Um, so yeah, everybody who had these uh, so-called direct uh, federal student loans would see their balances go away. And would there be a cap? Would there be a cap though, Alan? I mean, I heard him say like 50,000 and then I heard somebody else say 10,000. Would they do it that way and just put a cap on it? Well, that's great. Great point. Um, Right now, the debate seems to be, they seem to be trying to frame it as maybe $10,000, maybe up to $50,000, quote unquote, which nobody knows what that means. Um, but you know, Jim, th- this lending system is catastrophically failed. The colleges, quite frankly, need to be defunded. And, you know, this lending system is, is done. It's toast. We need to replace it with something that is far more fair. Maybe the government shouldn't even be in the student loan business. That's quite frankly my position. Um, they made such a wreck of, of the Well, that, that raises the kind of um, the part B question of what to what you're saying is, so let's say tomorrow Biden forgives all student loans and now that's so tomorrow's Monday. So then Tuesday we wake up and we got Johnny and Mary and Susie. I know nobody has those names anymore, but I'm an old guy. So those are my <laughs> example names. So you got Johnny and Mary and Susie are all starting to plan for college in the fall. And now all of these loans have been wiped out. Um, did Johnny and Mary and Susie, is there still a FAFSA? Is there still a loan program or do they get some sort of like forward looking forgiveness of 50,000, uh, for them to go? Or is it just, look, you're just born the wrong time, kid. If you were born four or five years earlier, you could have racked up all these loans and then been forgiven. You now are, you were born the morning after the Jubilee, the forgiveness of debt. So tough luck. (laughs) You gotta go, you're going to go get your debt and and wait for another Joe Biden to come into office down the road. Right. It's a great question. Nobody knows the answer. You know, as I said, everything's in the blender right now. If I had my druthers, I would say um, maybe we should minimally fund, you know, maybe community colleges, uh, state schools, um, put very significant, put the colleges on a major diet. I mean, they have just been making money hand over fist. And, uh, you know, I think they need to be defunded. Um so maybe, uh, you know, directly fund the institutions at a nominal level so that the poorest people, the poorest, brightest people can get a public education for, you know, for free um, or maybe with, you know, minor loans and that they can take out from the private sector. Um, you know, that probably is the more rational way to go. I don't think that, I don't think the government has any business being in the lending business, Jim. I mean, they have used this as really a tool to enslave so many citizens and you know they're throwing it into a lot of programs like the profits into places like obamacare you know they have flooded these colleges with wealth who yeah and they're building these giant like football stadiums at ucf my son went to ucf and i go there and it's like an nfl stadium with a jumbotron and after the game you like walk down the street it's like you're on the main street of disney and it's all these restaurants and pubs and everything like right and i'm like wait a minute (laughs) i mean i guess it's great for the kids nothing to do with the yeah i mean what does this have to do with college yeah i mean this is like this is insanity and then you look at how much some of these college presidents are making seven figures you know i I always i always ask the question okay so nobody would take that job for five hundred thousand so they had to pay someone seven million i mean it's it's insane some of the and they say yeah but this guy's you know boy he's on a board of directors he's great at fundraising and yada 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 but still i mean you don't go into the nonprofit world to be a millionaire i guess more and more people uh, are doing that but here's the here's the other problem so my son, who is a super ambitious young guy, uh, he is not 30 yet. He's 28. Uh, he'll be 28. And he uh, took out a bunch of student loans and he 
literally like lived in a way where he could he paid them all off very quickly like he for right. he he went without like getting a new car he drove a used car he went uh, deferred right. buying a new home he saved he paid everything uh he deferred going on any trips with his friends and he diligently uh paid off what was about i think about 40,000 in student loans just through hard work. So I was talking to him about this the other day and I said, man, Jim, wouldn't his name is Jim too. I said, Jim, wouldn't this really stink? Like if they, you know, did this and then like all your friends that weren't super responsible, like you were, then they all get. And now, you know, young guy, he's like, you know, like railing against the socialistic concept of this. And he's saying, well, I should get my money back then. How, what do you say right. to somebody like, like, like is, isn't he right? I mean, Shouldn't he get a check if they're going to do this and he has paid his off? Shouldn't he get a check back for the money that he borrowed and paid back with interest so quickly? You know, I, I think an argument can be made there. And in, and in fact, um, I mentioned Wayne Johnson earlier, kind of a friend of mine, uh, ran for Senate in Georgia, by the way, as obviously a Republican. He also is calling for widespread loan cancellation. He suggests that people who recently repaid their student loans should get a tax credit. And I don't know the amounts and so on and okay. so forth, but certainly he feels that there should probably be some sort of a recompense for those people. Um, and I agree, you know, people who paid off their loans a decade ago, you know, it was a different world. Ten years ago, everything was different. The prices were order, almost an order of magnitude less. So, you know, I think people who paid their loans off in decades past, they should be very glad that they're out of it and be happy to move on with their lives and, you know, not wish their fellow citizens ill. But, you know, you, you bring up such an important point. This really gets to the heart of the opposition that I see out there to student loan cancellation. And people need to understand, particularly conservatives who are very concerned about socialism, about the colleges getting too powerful, and about big government. What we are looking at now is the worst big government lending scam in the scam, and I mean it is a scam, in the history of this country. And by, you know, um, wagging your fingers at the 38 million out of the 44 million people today, who were never going to be able to repay their loans, even before the pandemic, and even despite working two, three jobs and paying every extra nickel they could possibly put in, um, by wagging your fingers at those people, what you are doing, if you take two steps back, you're actually helping the colleges. You're helping the colleges. You're helping this big government lending monstrosity roll through yet another generation of citizens. And... So, you know, conservatives out there need to really think to themselves, who do I hate worse? You know, what's the, <laughs> what's the bigger problem here? These people who are, you know, they maybe intelligently or maybe not intelligently um, were duped into these loans. Do I hate them more than I hate this lending system, which is, you know, maybe indoctrinating the kids and enslaving them in debt for life? You know, I think I think the answer is pretty clear. I, I just put um, the phone number up on the screen. If you're watching on the video feed, the phone number is in the lower corner of your screen. We'll take some calls, uh, questions. Maybe you have an opinion that you disagree or you agree. You think we should uh, wipe out all student loan debt or at least up to a certain amount. Would you be for that? Uh, do you know anyone with a student loan kind of horror story that you want to share? If you're listening on an audio feed, uh, here's the phone number at 646 716-4041-646-716-4041. Any questions or comments you have about student loans or your thoughts on it? Uh, and while we're waiting for callers and, and also questions by email to Jim at Christian Money dot com jim at christianmoney.com alan i read an article recently about a lady and they mentioned her by name and she was the first person to ever get social security and they made reference to like how unfair it was or how lucky it was i guess depending on like whether it was from her perspective or not uh that like she literally like contributed for one month and then 
was able to go on Social Security because the program began and she was the first recipient and then started getting all this money that she did not deserve because she had not funded Social Security. So there's sort of these kinds of things that happen when you have these like giant uh, changes. But in terms of this money, let's let's say two trillion dollars. We're talking about uh, a stimulus of two trillion. And I think the last stimulus was around two trillion. So this would be like just like another stimulus. And in fact, some people have argued that the greatest stimulus you could ever have is to wipe out student loan debt. That would be the greatest boon to the economy that you could ever, um, you know, implement. Do you agree with that? Well, I think that's right. I think the people affected by student debt, um, as I said, spans the ages, but you know, there are so many younger people who are borrowing, you know, triple today than what they borrowed even 15 years ago. They're not able to buy houses. They can't start businesses. Right. You know, they can't start families, which maybe doesn't hit the bottom line, but, but certainly, you know, and, and it's not just the debt that's forgiven, but also, uh, the increased borrowing capacity, you know, a lot of people like to throw a lot of the people in the student swamp in Washington, D.C. They go, oh, it's not going to stimulate the economy because it's just not that big of a deal. People, you know, saving them 400 bucks a month is not that big of a deal. Well, it's not just the 400 a month that stimulates the economy. It's the increased borrowing capacity. So now all of a sudden they can they can, you know, get a home mortgage. They can buy a car. They can start a business. And, you know, these are young, ambitious people who, you know, they're not going to throw, they're not going to throw it in a savings account. They're going to spend that money. So in my view, it's probably the best way, best targeted way to stimulate the economy. But, you know, also, Jim, you know, we just got done throwing a trillion dollars in these PPP loans that don't need to be repaid. Small businesses across the country Um, don't need to be repaid. And every dollar of those PPP loans, every tr- every one of those trillion dollars added to the national debt and was written uh, out of treasury. You know, taxes are going to have to pay for that. With student loans, the loans have already been paid for. And the government did not pay $1.7 or $2 trillion. Um, the government probably paid of the outstanding balance, probably less than $300 billion of that is actual unpaid principle. And, you know, the federal government has been making massive profits on this lending system since Obama and Biden federalized it in 2010, $50 $50 billion a year or so, maybe probably more in recent years. It may very well be that we could cancel these loans and the taxpayer would be on balance about even. Um, So, but whatever, whatever sort of small uh, amount hanging out there is that's that the federal government is on the hook for, you know, I think we should claw that back from the colleges. The colleges have got more money floating through their institutions right now than at any time in the history. Yeah, can you imagine like they're, they're all online? They're all online, and they're they're charging people the same amount of money to just everything shut down. I wonder if you're still if you're if you're on the meal plan, do you get any of that money back, or is it just like does like no. Meals on Wheels show up at your house and when you're back living with <laughs> right. your parents? They give you like a a piece of meatloaf and some mashed potatoes, and that's like your your meal plan uh, lunch that they <laughs> that you were supposed to get. Let's take a caller here. We've got. Uh, uh, Gene in New Jersey, one of our favorite callers. Uh, Gene, say hello to our friend Alan Collins. Hey, Gene. Hello, Gene. Are you there? Oh, we don't hear you, Gene. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang up with you, and you could call back, and I'll try again. Uh, just absolutely could not could not hear you. But uh, yeah. So so isn't that the case that these on these schools that are now all online? Isn't that the rub that, that the students are asking, like for a 10 percent discount, which I think is pretty, pretty um gen- that's pretty low. I mean, if you're just going online, you think you'd get a bigger discount than 10 percent. You know, um, the colleges are making it coming and going during this pandemic. Not only are they saving all kinds of money on their physical plant, you know, they don't have yeah. the, all the stuff to run a college that goes away, dorms, etc. Um, but, you know, the colleges got a stimulus. Of Last I checked, I think there was $26 billion in the first tranche, and I think it was like 10 or $20 billion in the second tranche. 
So the colleges are getting a massive financial stimulus from the government, which all adds to the national debt again. Yeah, so they're in on it, too. They're, they're, they're in on everything. I, I think I should just start it. Let's you and I start a college. I think we're you in know? the wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the wrong what about like, you know, Paris and Collins University? And like step you know, one, I'm all for it. Step one, we'll like show you how to get the biggest loans you can possibly get. And we'll just, well, whatever you can borrow, you will charge you that same amount. It's kind of like in that movie vacation. How much is it going to cost to get my car fixed? How much do you got? So that's how much our, right. our tuition will be based on how much you got, how much you can borrow. Let's go right. back to Gene. You know, we can, we, go ahead. We can recruit from homeless shelters like yeah, a lot of these for profit colleges go. are doing yeah. these days. Gene is in New Jersey. I think we've got her back. Go ahead, Gene. Is it is it Mick? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Can it's, you hear me? It's Mick. Go ahead, Mick. Yeah, I think you recognize my phone number, but no, this is Mick. I call in sometimes. No too, worries. So. No uh, worries. It's Mick. I thought you were Gene. Uh, sorry about that. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Okay. Uh, it's an honor to talk to you, Jim and, and Mr. Collins. I had a question. It's funny that this topic would happen to come up. I was just uh, having a conversation with a friend of ours who has recently graduated from college, but then she's also at the same time kind of going through the Dave Ramsey uh, pay off your debt uh, program. Yeah. And her and her husband have pretty much paid off most of their debt. I think she said she they had uh, one bank loan and then they had some student loan debt that they had left to work on. And uh, the the conversation, we kind of had an interesting conversation. She was contemplating because the, it was a little bit like what Jim was saying with his son. Um, she was contemplating, would it be smart for her to pay, to pay off her debt? Because she was worried, well, if I pay off my debt, yeah, I'd, I'd really hate to pay it off when I, when I <laughs> would find out later on that maybe yeah. it would be all forgiven. Right. And so she was struggling with, well, maybe I should hold out just a little bit longer to see if, if something, you know, materializes and, and she can get just get, you know, she won't have to ever worry about paying the debt off. It would just evaporate. And I was just curious uh, what both of your yeah, that's an interesting. I, I mean, it's certainly it's that. certainly in the wind. It wouldn't be like an impossible uh, thing that could happen. Uh, Alan College, what about that? I mean, what about somebody who's got some money right now? Maybe they could pay off their student loan debt, but they're they're thinking, well, maybe I'll just wait, and if I wait, uh, maybe it'll just go away. Should they maybe keep it in a side account for a few months at least to see what could happen here? You know, there is no good advice that I or Dave Ramsey or anybody can give on this question. Nobody knows. Everything is in the policy blender right now. What we know is that it is a failed lending system. 80% we're headed for 80% default rate. Almost nobody is paying on their loans right now because there's a federal payment suspension in place. Um, when this payment suspension is lifted and they keep extending it, so who knows? Uh, the latest is that October will be when people have to start paying again. Um, quite frankly, Jim, I, I don't think that many people are going to resume making payments. That's my just that's what my gut tells me. You know, this lending system is really kind of vanishing into a mist of illegitimacy as we speak. I mean, when you're talking about numbers like what I've put up tonight, you know, four times higher than subprime default rate, etc. Um, <laughs> well, you make a good point, you know, though, because all, all these loans are on deferment now because they like they they you don't have to make a payment again until like September. So there's the, there's they've got that time to make the decision, really, because nobody's paying payments right now. Is is that right? That's right. That's, I guess that's the good news. You know, we have time to sort it out. One thing that I would caution people, you know, a lot of people, particularly those who are doing well out of college, they tend to refinance their loans out of the federal program. They go to SoFi or maybe just a private bank, um, get a loan and pay that off. Well, and that was a very smart thing to do um, yeah. pre-pandemic. But, you know, now um, that's looking like maybe hmm, maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. Right, because those, she, she those, private, also, those private loans wouldn't be included in, in this government uh, forgiveness. Isn't that right? Yeah, the president can only cancel federally owned student loans. And, and Mick, so you, you had a follow-up there, Mick. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, well, she was also asking me a question that I didn't have the answer to. She was wondering if while we're on this deferment for the, you know the payments aren't being collected right now she was wondering if under the current um situation if there was still interest accruing on her loans and i told her that i i would probably look into her specific loan because i, I imagine there were 
you know, different tools out there, different loan packages, and it, it may depend on her her type of loan. But to be honest, I I didn't really have the answer. Do you know is the interest probably I, I still um, accruing? Yeah, it depends on what type of loan she has. So federally owned student loans are what all the repayment suspensions have uh, been applied to. So so there's two types of federal loans. There's federally guaranteed and federally owned. Federally owned are sort of the newer type of loans. Chances are if she has federal loans, they probably are federally owned. Interest does not accrue on those loans. Now, um, for the older style federally guaranteed loans, um, that's actually a bit of a gray area. I'm hearing now while, while the initial executive order from Trump um, sort of commanded the FELP, the lending program, while Trump commanded those uh, those private lenders that have the federal, federal guarantee to not uh, to 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 cease collection activities and not apply interest, there was a little bit of a gray area there. Um, so uh, certainly for for newer loans that are under the direct program, um, interest is not accruing. Okay, good. That's good to know so, because that sure. yeah, that's a great question. Right, thank you, Mick. Thank, thank you, you so much. much for your call. Um, and I'm gonna I want to get into this whole question of this loan forgiveness program. If you work for a nonprofit, I want to ask you all about that in a minute. But we're gonna go now to Chicago, and Jeremy is with us in Chicago. Hello, Jeremy. Say hello to our friend Alan hey. Collins. Hi, Alan. Hi, uh, Jim. Uh, uh, good subject matter tonight, and um. I want to, I'll, I'll try and talk quick, but I am a cautionary tale on this subject matter. So this hits near and dear to me. Um, when I got out of college, student loans, not a big deal. I didn't have a huge balance, uh, paid them off pretty quick. Uh, law school was what really shocked me. I took bad advice. People said, oh, don't work, borrow everything, borrow for tuition, borrow for rent, food, everything. That was horrible advice. Without telling us your number, without telling us your number, because I don't want to ask you to do that. Like how much could a person rack up going to to a law school? Like if they did. Uh, Well, it it, it gets, sadly, it gets a little more complicated. When I got out of law school, when I I first got out of law school, now the smart thing I did, my first year of law school was the worst thing because I went to a private law school for my first year. Second two years, thankfully, a friend of mine said, you know, this is crazy how much they're charging us for tuition. We should transfer to a, a state law school, which is, you know, just as good. Uh, the first year of law school, I borrowed probably about $30,000. Now, this was several years ago. I can't imagine what it is today. Um, mm. the, my second and third year, I only borrowed, you know, maybe about 15 total for two more years. So going to state school saved me quite a bit. But when I first got out of law school, you know, uh, it's not like it was years ago. It's, you know, oh, you become a doctor, you become a lawyer. You, well, you must be rich. Uh, it's not that way anymore. When I got out of law school, I took a, a job as a, a state's attorney, assistant state's attorney. Uh, starting salary was 38000 a year. Um, now, I was just happy. I was employed. I enjoyed the job, but uh, I could not pay. I probably had, yeah, give or take, around 60000 in student loans at that time. Uh, making 38000 a year, you know, uh, trying to start a family, trying to, you know, buy a house, things like that. Um, I put my loans on uh, deferment forbearance. Now, th- they did warn me. They said, hey, you know, make sure you pay your interest as you go here um, because it's going to rack up. But, you know, when you make it, when you're working for a government entity, nonprofit, you know, like a, a not nonprofit, but like a, uh, a public interest, uh, you know, attorney job, I let this, the, the student loan sit for a while. The interest rate added up. The, you know, unfortunate thing for me is I, um, I uh, put put them all. I, I uh, structured them together. I got an interest interest rate at the time, which was fantastic, of six point two five percent. Well, then the stock market took a nosedive, and my interest rate was horrible. But I couldn't refinance my student loans for a long, long time. Um, I have refinanced them since and knocked the interest rate down. Thankfully, I'm at a point now where I would say in about five to ten years, my student loans will be gone. Um, but yeah, it, it has been something what, as honest, an attorney, my responsibility as an attorney and a regular caller to this show and a faithful conservative. Uh, what's your opinion about all this? I mean, do you think I mean, what about these sort of unfair 
uh, scenarios people ask about, well, what about the person who who decided not to go to college because they thought, you know what, my friends are all doing that. I'm not going to go to college because I don't want to accrue that money or somebody that went and then worked really hard and paid the money back or someone whose parents saved faithfully and maybe they didn't get to go to Disney every year like the other kids in the neighborhood. Their parents were, you know, careful with their money and saved to pay cash for them. Do you see any of those scenarios as problematic for the government to step in and sort of pick these winners and losers? And like, I guess you're the loser if you're the one that that paid it off. Or didn't go. For me, the, the only thing I wish that would have been allowed sooner is that I could have reconsolidated, refinanced my student loans and taken away that horrible interest rate that, you know, was good way back in the early 2000s. But my philosophy has always been and still is I took the loans. This was my responsibility. I knew what I was doing. I should pay them back. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. Uh, I've also taught at colleges. I've been an adjunct professor at several uh so-called Christian universities, but here's a, another scary thing. The schools are as much to blame as anybody. Um, I, I had uh, students, I had one cl- college I was teaching for where I actually submitted students' grades and came back in later because a student, you know, asked for permission, you know, said, could I turn in a, a final exam late? Yep, there was deduction, but I, I allowed her to turn it in. I went into the uh, like the dean's office where the receptionist said, oh, just go in and put this student's paper on top of your, you know, the folder where your class is. I went in and saw that the dean of the school changed all my grades and made all the students do better in a class that I taught because he knew that if you give A's to students, they come back. If wow. they come back, they bring money. So it's it contributed to to great inflation as well. A lot of good thoughts tonight, Jeremy. Thank you so much for your call, as as always. Um, Alan, any any thoughts on uh, what he had to share? I mean, uh, even an attorney, uh, he's an attorney. He comes out of college. He's making like only thirty eight thousand a year. But that's kind of shocking. But a lot of people who go into like crazy things like, you know, get a master's degree in like philosophy or something. They're in even worse. They're even in a worse case scenario. You know, um, I'd say he actually did pretty well for himself for a, for a law school. I don't know when he went, but you know, we have law school grads in, in our group now. Uh, For example, this guy, Chris lives actually here in Wisconsin. He borrowed $80,000. And law school, he got his, he got his degree, but his life kind of went different directions and so on and so forth. His loans wound up falling into default and he has been paying and paying and paying. Like the last I checked on this $80,000 loan, he had repaid $190,000 against this $80,000 loan. And because of the way the system is set up, he still owes two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> you're blowing so, my. Jeremy, you're, count, you're blowing my mind here. Lucky. Yeah, you're right the, because the, num- when, the numbers are just outrageous. And when, when he was mentioning his him, can, his his numbers, I was like, "Oh, that sounds pretty low for a a law degree." Yeah, um, he may think he has a cautionary tale, but honey, I can tell you <laughs> there are some stories out there that would just blow your mind. The numbers are just absolutely nonsensical at this point. And, you know, I'm really sensitive about if you borrow money, you should pay it back. Who can disagree with that? Yeah. But people don't understand the viciously predatory, uh, hyperinflationary nature of student loans, uh, in particular uh, federal student loans. It's really a different animal that we're talking about here. And, you know, um, no matter what anybody says, Jim, the fact of the matter is that this lending system is absolutely catastrophically failed. And of that $1.7 trillion on the government's books, if they get back, uh, if they were able to get back even uh, – even 25% of that, I would frankly be stunned. I think that entire portfolio is by and large air. It's just never going to be collected. It's a dead lending system. And the only question at this point is how best to get rid of it and come up with something that's far more fair, far more rationally priced, something that, that doesn't feed the college bloat. Um, and something that doesn't wreck citizens instead of helping them. 
as it's doing for 80% of all borrowers. Yeah, and maybe something, too, for the future. I've heard about some uh, schemes, and I don't use the word scheme in a pejorative way, but uh, where, like, every newborn child gets, like, $1,000 in an IRA account that accrues or that they get at 18, you know, something or, or every newborn child gets a Bitcoin or something. I, I don't know. And it just sort of, you know, like is there for them to, you know, t- cash in when they're, they're 18. It, it seems like there's got to be something, some, some kind of major uh, reform here. Um, not sure what it's going to look like, but in, in final, uh, final question, and then we'll give you a minute or two to tell us all about your website and how people can get in touch with you. We are inundated here at Chris money.com with people who tell us this story that they got into the student loan because they were going to be a school teacher or a nurse or somehow work for a nonprofit under the promise of the 10 years of student loan forgiveness. And I can tell you there's a thousand stories I've heard, but how it's virtually impossible to get the, the loan forgiveness, whether they claim you filed the wrong form or filed it at the wrong time, or you didn't wear a purple hat on the day you were supposed to do this or sign that <laughs> or initial something else. It is almost like a rigged system where this this so-called 10 years of student loans and then, then it's forgiven if you're working for a nonprofit. This is a reason that so many young people do not care about the student loans because they say, look, I'm, I'm a nurse. I'm going to go for, to work for a nonprofit hospital. I'm getting an education degree. I'm going to go to work for a, a public school, whatever. I'm going to get a law degree and go work as a prosecutor for 10 years, work for the state. So, but that is a, do you know, I mean, does your group deal with this particular issue of this kind of phantom loan forgiveness that seems to not be real? You know, Jim, this is probably one of the cruelest, maybe the cruelest, but certainly one of the cruelest truths about the federal student loan system is all of these forgiveness programs that you hear about, public service loan forgiveness, income-based repayment, which millions of people are in, uh, pay, repay, they are all designed to fail. The Department of Education, they look after their bottom line, and they have no desire and they have no intentions of canceling any of those loans. So you mentioned the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. Um, two years ago was the first year that loans were supposed to be forgiven under that program. Well, it turns out that 99% of the people who worked at a dutifully at a nonprofit for 10 years had every reason to believe their loans were going to be forgiven. They found out the hard way that, oh, no, you didn't turn in this paperwork. You didn't, uh, you were in the wrong type of loan. All sorts of administrative reasons why 99% of those people were disqualified out of the program. And not only that, Jim, but, you know, they didn't get the loan forgiveness and they got kicked to the curb owing far, far more than when they entered. So, it's just the height of government, um, big government, just viciousness, and people should be very concerned. You know, the government has no business being in the lending business, and certainly, as far as forgiveness goes, nobody can trust any of those cancellation plans. Not public service. Yeah, it's it's cra- It's it's so bad that there's like even people now that are hanging out shingles as like consultants, like. You have to hire somebody to help you to make sure you're getting loan forgiveness. And then I've heard that that doesn't even work. <laughs> even the expert people yeah. that are like former yeah. employees of the student loan department in the government, they can't even advise you in an expert way how to comply with all the rules to be sure that. No. And, and you reach a point where, you know, at some level there's incompetence, but you know, when the incompetence always is in the favor of the government, it would be like, oh, the government's so incompetent, they're forgetting to collect student loan money. No, the incompetence is always falling to their favor, which means it's not incompetence. That means it's a plan. It means you're being scammed. It, that's what it means. I mean, right. if you go into your grocery store and, and the mistake is always to charge more, 
then you know it's not a mistake if that's if the default mistake is always in their favor. And that's what seems to happen here. And if they were so disorganized, you'd hear stories of, oh, yeah, I haven't paid in 30 years. They they lost my records and I'm free now. Right. Uh, you don't you don't hear those that stories. Yeah. yeah. The, the mistakes are always <laughs> mistakes are always to their benefit. Design, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bad and, government by design. Yeah. Now, in our last couple of minutes, tell us every way that people can connect with studentloanjustice.org, all the things you're doing. I know that you can accept donations to help what you're doing. Tell us about all of that. Sure. Uh, people can find us, as you said, studentloanjustice.org. Uh, we've got a Facebook group that they can find from the website. Perhaps most importantly, um, believe it or not, we actually started the petition that started this whole ball rolling about student loan cancellation by executive order. And we've got nearly a million signatures now. We've got about 981,000 wow. signatures. So if people go to change.org slash cancel student loans, uh, they can learn more about the nuts and bolts of what we're talking about. Um, I hope they understand that truly this is the conservative uh, solution to this problem. Um, we need we need a jubilee. We've got to get government out of the lending system, out, out of the lending business. Um, we've got to defund the colleges, and that's what this petition is aiming for. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's funny because you wonder, like, what Joe Biden are we looking at? Because uh, he seemed very open to things like this in the campaign and uh, and not now not so much. I mean, maybe the better pitch for uh, those who want to see this to go through is to pitch it as a stimulus instead of pitching right. it as a student loan forgiveness, pitch it as a targeted stimulus to people who have okay. uh, this debt. And and uh, you could probably get some number of economists to back up what this would do for the economy. And I'm, I'm with you. I think it might do more for the economy than just a general stimulus to do something like this. But I, you know, I hear the complaints on both sides of it. I get it. It's not fair, but a lot of things are not fair. And sometimes you just do a good thing and you can't do a good thing necessarily for everybody. I mean, I don't know. Maybe every everybody that's already paid off their loans, you get a credit so that your child in the future gets like the GI Bill or something. I, I don't know. There's there might be some way yeah. to give those people something so they don't feel like uh, they completely uh, were ripped off. But Alan College, good to have you back with us. Sir. We're going to have to get you back, uh, especially if there's breaking news on this whole front. Student loan justice.org go there get informed donate money help him out uh, this is his passion uh, god bless you sir and keep up your good work well god bless you jim god bless everybody out there have a great week thank you uh great guy with all kinds of information and uh i interrupted him a hundred times but <laughs> i don't know sometimes i just can't help myself i mean it was just i don't know i mean this is i get both sides of it and i am so torn i am so torn because i get it that so many people are stuck with these giant student loans. I get that. But then there's this other side. It's like, is it fair for these other people that didn't go to college or paid theirs off or their parents saved up? I don't know. It's There's got to be maybe a Solomon-esque answer here. Maybe we give $10,000 off or something. Maybe there's some kind of middle ground here. I don't know. But uh, send me your thoughts during the week. Jim at ChristianMoney.com is my email. Look forward to hearing from you. All right, that's it. Another show in the can. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. <laughs>